The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million and make sure to tune into Draft Day on the 13th of July, where Ryan Kramer will attempt to draft for 24 hours straight. Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. Uh, joining me tonight to take you through all of MLB. Uh, have a little review of what's gone on so far this week, how our picks went, and make some picks for the weekend uh, from Houston, Texas, is Moonaf Manji. Uh, Moonaf, I've nearly got through that read without laughing at the end uh, about Ryan Kramer. I was so determined to do it, and even I couldn't quite get it out loud. It's still a funny concept. Um, but yeah, how are you doing, Moonaf? I'm doing well. Why, why do you keep laughing at, at the boss? It's just <laughs> funny. They're just the... Concept of doing it 24 hours straight, best ball draft. And I knew it was coming this time. I'd read it. I'd pre-read it. And yeah. I knew it was coming. And I still laughed. <laughs> hey, it's going to be interesting to see if we all kind of tune in. I'm sure they're going to be live uh, streaming it. So I just want to see how many cans of beer and how many Red Bulls <laughs> and energy drinks he's going to be surrounded with uh, when he's doing, uh, when it's going down on July 13th. So that that's going to be a lot of fun to see. <laughs> yeah, just see Watcherman slowly lose his mind, I think. Yeah, uh, over the over the space of twenty four hours, um, I was just I was late joining this recording. I've just been evicted from mm-hmm. the uh, from the lounge by my eleven year old daughter because uh-huh. she's watching a program called Love Island. Do you have this in America? Is I am not familiar with it. Well, yeah, well, she normally watches it upstairs in her bedroom on her little tablet thing, and I've okay. been. A, a, uh, ignorant of this, blissfully ignorant of this fact. Um, for some reason, she couldn't get her tablet working, so she has to watch it on the TV. My goodness, what a load of absolute filth, smut, sex, and all sorts of things. Um, yeah, they've just put, I think they've just got 20 beautiful people in a villa somewhere in the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, 10 beautiful men and 10 beautiful women who were all parading around in bikinis. It's a bit, it's a maybe Jersey Shore type thing. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's very heavy on the bikinis, the cleavage, the six packs, the snogging, uh, snogging, kissing. Do you have snogging in America? I don't know. Um, yeah, and I've just sat with my eyes on stalks as my eleven-year-old daughter watches this, like it's the most natural thing in the world. So uh, I've excused myself, and I'm in the office now. But yeah, that was an eye-opener for me, Moonaf. Whatever happened to reading books and going outside in the yard and playing? I mean, I guess. I guess we don't do. I guess we did that when we were younger, but uh, now it's all about the uh, technology, right? Well, yeah, it was more about the cleavage. I think is the <laughs> was the issue. But um, uh, we certainly didn't have that in my day, but enough that I can that I can remember. That wasn't a thing. Ditto, sir. Ditto. Um, yeah, so it's been a, it's been a fun week. Uh, we normally have a little bit of football chat. England made it into the final last night, Moonaf. Um, yeah. 
Were you nervous? Would, well, talk us through it. I know because you're over there. You're getting well, the action. So it's talk been, us through it. Yeah, it's been an odd one because, like I say, I have an odd relationship with the England football team. Um, so I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon now because as I've all, I always say I support one terrible team in Newcastle. Um, yeah. Why would you add another terrible team um, <laughs> in England to support? So, um, but this this time round, it's been good fun. Plus, my boy's at an age where he's he's really enjoying all the games. He's nine years old, okay. and it's the first time we've reached the major final since the World Cup in 1966. So right. I'm trying to explain to him, this doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen yeah. uh, every four years. It might not happen in your lifetime again. Um, but this uh, th- this this team and the, and the manager have, have got a lot of people smiling. They're, they're, they're a young team. Um, they seem to be a good, fun team. Uh, talking to my boy tonight, he said, well, I watch them on YouTube and they just seem to be having lots of fun when I watch the training sessions. Uh, there's videos of them playing around on inflatable unicorns in the pool. And uh, the manager seems to be a really nice fella. Um, I mean, this is a team that, takes the knee. This is a team that wears rainbow laces. This is a team with Marcus Rashford, who uh, single-handedly fed half of the children in poverty in this country during the height of the pandemic when the government wouldn't feed them. Wow. Uh, Marcus Rashford went to Parliament and put the pressure on and done them. Um, so... On the back of uh, on the back of a lockdown, and when I think people needed a little bit a little bit of something to hold on to, this football team have given have given people that uh, young um, a, a lot of immigrants. There's West Indian yeah. boys in there. Uh, there's boys from all over the place. There's Africans. There's sort of second generation, third generation, um, and I think when England aren't necessarily uh, the most globally popular country. The the Slack channel makes me laugh. I have to sometimes I sneak around that Slack channel like Anne Frank. Like everyone just <laughs> does nothing but abuse the English people and I'm in there. I sometimes I think they forget I'm there. But the Boston Kappa does it on the Gulf. If if there's an English wind crops up in the Gulf, Boston Kappa turns a funny shade of purple. Um and yeah the Slack even last night I came in from uh, I watched it out of my friend's house. I came in and got in the Slack channel and it was just loads of England bashing in there. Uh, so I appreciate that we're not the most popular globally. And I get that as well. I really do understand it. Um, but certainly, I just think they've been, they've been a young, fun team. I like the manager. Uh, I like some of the players. And that's not something you've always been able to say about sure. our football team, enough. So yeah, Sunday night should be fun. Uh, we've got a We've got a room and a pub booked for about 80 of us nice. uh, we can get we can get in one place and uh, all the all the families and the young boys and stuff um yeah and maybe maybe just maybe uh, there'll be italy uh, it should be a good game good game Munaf. what's um what's your reading of it been yeah it's uh i actually took england on the money line but they got into extra time and yeah uh, that kind of went up in flames but then i did take a live bet on the england to qualify it was heavily juiced but I thought they would get the job done. Uh, what did you think of the penalty? I know we're getting off in soccer here, but we're going to talk. Well, about it. I did. That, this is the thing. I got back in the Slack channel, yeah. and every it, for me, it was just an absolute stonewall penalty. It was a no doubter. Um, okay. The first defender comes and catches the back of his calf with his knee. The second defender then comes and takes out his other leg. I thought it was just a penalty. I really didn't understand, and I've watched it back a few times today. I didn't understand what the uh, what all the problem was. Well, I'll be on your side of it because I, I I needed that penalty. To, <laughs> but then, even though like Kane, he missed it, but he got the rebound and, and put it in the back of the net, so it, it worked out for them. But um, 
Yeah, I think it was a great win. I think it's going to be in a, a fantastic final on uh, Sunday. It was Sunday. It will be Sunday afternoon for me, so Sunday night for you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, I think these were the two teams that uh, at least our Slack channel was touting to make it to, into the um, into the final. So, uh, hopefully, we get a a, a fun uh, fun uh, match between these two. So, I uh, hope you have a good time. And I know we're not – so just a, some housekeeping stuff before – I know we usually do that at the end. So, we won't record on Sunday because Malcolm, I'm sure, was going to be – laying down on the side of the street if England wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh we'll 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 figure out the schedule. We'll we'll tell you the schedule at the end of the end of the show. But um yeah man I'm excited for you guys over there. This should be a good uh, good match. Yeah it's just it's 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 fun to be part of and uh yeah. it's it's fun to watch. And like I say the team the team have been easy to root for. Sure. Uh and I think a lot of people the other thing you get a lot of football bashing. I don't know if you get this with NFL um about the players are all overpaid and uh sexist misogynist sort yeah, of it and and yeah a lot all the good stuff goes under the radar. Um and we get that a lot in this country um, with the footballers and this lot are absolutely um, showing that they can be, they can be young and intelligent uh, and have something to say and have some social responsibility uh, as well as be exceptional athletes as well. So yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Oh, got a bit serious there, Munaf. Um, that's not like <laughs> us at all. Let's right, so get back to the silliness. Yeah. Um, last week's picks, everyone was um, one and one, one and one, one and one all across the board, Munaf. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll kick it off. Um, my two were, let's see, I had my lock on uh, Tuesday was the Astros money line against uh, the Oakland A's. Uh, we said that was going to be a big series for both of these teams. Astros have taken, what, two out of the first three so far. They're still, let me see the score right now. I, I may have already, the uh, Oakland already A's won. Of, the A's have won two to one, yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, you know, uh, uh, Astros still got the series win there, so uh, absolutely huge for them. But, um, yeah, going back, what was it, on Tuesday, I had uh, Framber Valdez versus Chris Bassett on the mound for the A's. Uh, got off to an absolute Bad start, bad, bad start for uh, uh, Valdez there. And it wasn't like him because he hasn't given up more than three runs all season long. And for him to give up uh, three in the first inning and then another three in the second inning, all of a sudden the Astros were down six to two. And then they, they fought their way back, got some big home runs from um, uh, Jordan Alvarez. He had a three-run home run in the fifth, Altuve. Uh, two-run uh, RBI single in the sixth inning, and then they tacked on one more. So the offense really carried them that game. Fortunate to get that win. I think the bad luck one for me was that same night. Uh, I had the Reds money line. So disclaimer, I honestly thought that they were going to be an underdog, but they came out a heavy, heavy, <laughs> heavy favorite. That tickled me when you messaged me and said, my underdog is minus 155. <laughs> yeah, and you hit the nail on the head because the, the pitcher, we said uh, Chris Bubit. Yes, was, it was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I had a. Uh, I had a little flex to myself when that was announced. Yeah. So anytime he was going to be on the mound for, you know, that the, he was going to be an underdog for sure because of the shitty season he's having. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that Castillo we talked about had turned it around this season for them. And um, I'm trying to find the box score here. I don't know why he might. Okay, there we go. Um, I found it. I got it. Uh, so it was what five to one headed into the bottom of the eighth. Okay, let me see. Where did where are they? Cincinnati. Okay, there it is. Okay. Oh, 
Should have been pre- more prepared. Okay. So it was yeah, six, six, six to one, one heading six into one the eighth eight. inning. So I, so it was a, it was a double whammy for me, for me. Cause I also took the over in this game. So it was either going to be the, uh, it was either going to be a Reds money line win for me or the over. So Luis Castillo, seven innings, three hits, one runner around. It seems like he's been turned, he's turned it around, you know, since the beginning of the season. And then here comes the shitty bullpen of the Reds that decide to give up six runs in in the eighth and ninth inning, four in the bottom of the ninth, and chucked that one up as a loss for me. So, you know, I think we've all had the bullpen that's kind of melted for us. And I think it was my turn um for the for one of these bullpens uh screw up a pick for me. So I, I took the bite uh on uh Tuesday night. So we I went one and one on those picks. Yeah, I think maybe you could reason reasonably have expected to go one and one, but the other way around, having uh, yeah, right, yeah, just <laughs> giving up those six runs, yeah. and then the Reds being six one up. So, um, yeah, you could you should have got it the other way around, really. But uh, that was one of those things. Funnily enough, um, I was going to bring up something about the Reds in a little while. This is going to make you feel a little bit better because we can mention it now. Um, this they've won six of their last seven games. Okay. Um, in which they've all they've come from behind in all of them. Uh, so the one game they haven't moved off is this one. So well done, well done you. You managed to. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. You managed to book all the trends all at once. There. <laughs> Excellent work. This is what we're here for. Um, yeah, my two went on. Both went on Monday night. Um, the lock I took was um, Dylan Cease and the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this was this was the talk of. Uh, the Slack channel. This was the talk of baseball Twitter. Um, the, a lot of the smart money was on uh, Dylan Cease. He was facing off against yeah. Bailey Ober um, of the Minnesota Twins, and all the sharps were on it. But it just never really panned out. Um, but you know, I get up. I've said before. I watch the highlights in the morning, mm-hmm. and you put on MLB highlights. And normally, you get within about ten seconds, you get a sense of what's happening. Right. And if they show a picture warming up. And they say, oh, this is Bailey Ober. He's lost four in a row or whatever. That pitcher is then going on to do something. And the, the first thing they showed was Bailey Ober warming up. While, and I was like, oh, shit. He's, he's like, this means he's about to do something spectacular. Uh, and sure enough, he went and pitched um, five scoreless, I think. Um, but yeah, Dylan Seas gave up three runs. So they were never really... They, the White Sox got four runs back in the seventh, yeah. um, but ended up going down 8-5. But yeah, that was a, that was a loser right out of the gate. Um however I saved my I saved my bacon with my luck, which was a great price. It was a it was a one forty uh, my dog, sorry. It was yeah. a one forty dog, which were the Miami Marlins to win at the Dodgers. Yep. On Monday night. Um the Dodgers scored two in the third, but then Miami back with three. Um Miami went four to two up and then the Dodgers tied it up in the eighth uh, but the catcher hit a home run. Maybe was it Jorge Alfaro? I think maybe yes, hit a home right. run in the bottom of the in the bottom of the yeah. eighth. And Miami held on there uh, for a five to four win. So yeah, uh, lock went down and rightly so. But my dog won, so a little bit of profit uh, across the two across the two games there. If we were playing even stakes, um, Will did the same as myself. He. Lost his lock on Monday, uh, which was the Cubs who got absolutely smashed, um, thirteen to three. Uh, that was uh, the Phillies. The fat Phillies Cubs game. Every there seemed to be twenty runs every night in that in that series uh, this week. Uh, so the Phillies beat the Cubs 
13 to 3. Uh, Zach Davies doing Will no favours. But he got his dog over the line on Tuesday night, uh, which was the Cardinals' money line against the Giants. Uh, that was, yeah, 6 5. Uh, they got that done. Um, they, they were kind of always ahead. Uh, San Francisco made it close in the bottom of the eighth. But yeah, pillar to post, uh, wire to wire win there for uh, for Will. So yeah, you, uh, a losing lock, but a winning dog uh, is going to profit every week. So yeah, three out of six, uh, but with a couple of dogs in there. Sure. And uh, nothing from Nick. Nick was on holiday. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the tally side picks go, Moonaf, um, it is entirely ground to a halt in there tally side at the moment uh, still got some gremlins in the system so I've still been firing my picks in every day yeah for sure um, but yeah I mean yeah we'll take three for three um, not a bad not a bad effort steady in the ship I think yeah uh, and we'll uh, we'll endeavour to build on that tonight so um, bits and bobs and news Moon what did you get for us yeah they finally set the, uh, the uh, I think all eight are all eight participants in the home run derby. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into too much details about it. Cause we're going to do a whole show about the all-star uh, home run derby and the all-star game on Monday. So um, we'll look out for that, but I think they got all, all eight guys in there. I think Juan Soto and I forgot who the last guy was that they um, said that was going to uh, participate. Let me pull that um, up real quick. Um, Joey Gallo. Yeah, yeah, Joey Gallo. Yeah, yeah. I like Joey range. Gallo. He's going to be yeah. fun. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Peter Alonso. Yeah, Joey Gallo, Trey Mancini, Shohei Otani, Matt Olson, Sal Perez, Juan Soto, and Trevor Story. Yeah, so I think you got what four left-handed and four right-handed batters in there, huh? Like it? I think so. So that's going to be fun to see, especially in Coors Field, like we've talked about. So we're going to do a whole show on that on Monday, and uh, you know, uh, I'm sure there'll be betting odds out there for that, and we'll we'll get in depth about that on Monday. So. I uh, was glad to see that um, that was said. And then uh, two notable guys, I think, that won't be participating in the uh, All-Star game is going to be Jacob deGrom and uh, Carlos Correa of the Astros. Um, deGrom said, I think that he, he's, he's pitching either this weekend, I believe. So uh, because of the rest situation, because of the quick turnaround, he won't be yeah. pitching. So he just said that he's going to just – take some time to rest and uh, spend some time with the family, which I do not, you know, you can't hate on that. Right. Anytime you get some time to spend with the family, being in a you long know, you feel, season. You feel like DeGrom has been walking a line this week, don't you? Uh, this season. Yeah. Um, he's been, he's been flirting with, um, with the, with the IL on a number of occasions, had to miss a few starts. So yeah, yeah. I think, um, someone as, as important and as potentially fragile as Jacob DeGrom, uh, that, that makes perfect sense for him to yeah. miss a, yeah. an exhibition game. Yeah, it gives him that extra rest too. So I'm, I'm, we're not, as fans, and I'm sure as Mets fans and the manager, they aren't going to be too mad about DeGrom getting some more time off. So in Carlos Correa, the Astros, uh, I saw this morning that he said in the uh, pregame interview that he was also going to skip. His wife is pregnant, so they had some appointments set up. So he's going to be be there with his wife to attend those appointments. So not mad about that. Also in the contract here, he's having a fantastic season so far for the Astros. We talk about, you know, Jose Altuve in that lineup in Bregman and sometimes Carlos Correa is kind of forgotten in that um in that lineup. So those were the two notable ones that I saw. And then uh, I'll just quickly get through the, uh, the, uh, the injury uh, updates. Clayton Kershaw landed on the uh, IL. It's really interesting that you start seeing some of these guys go on the 10 day IL. I, I really honestly think that they're just trying to get them some extra rest going into the all-star break. 100%. Yeah. 
And uh, Clayton Kershaw is one of those guys. So he's on the IL for 10 days. Uh, the big news for the White Sox, uh, Eloy Jimenez is going to begin a rehab assignment uh, on Friday. So we saw in the what in the spring training where he heard, had that torn pectoral. Yeah. So he's going to start rehab assignments, should be expecting him back maybe in the next week, uh, next week or two. And then they lost another player, Monty Grindall, out four to six weeks with a torn tendon in his left knee. Uh, I fully expect the White Sox to be active during the trade deadline. You know, they've had a lot of players in and out of this lineup. So um, look for them to be buyers. Uh, Anthony Rendon of the Angels, 10-day IL, left hamstring strain. And then John Means, our guy that we were backing early in the season, uh, he's near a return. I believe he starts some rehab assignments uh, coming into uh, this weekend and then early next week. So the Orioles should be getting their best starting pitcher back. Um, and then you want to get to the Sunday Gray stuff? I didn't. I didn't see this. It was uh, this was just one of the things that uh, well, yeah, I was going to say it tickled me, but in light of the story, that's probably the wrong turn of phrase to use. Um, he just he didn't start very well in his pitching matchup the other day. Um, so he just said he went the yeah he went the clubhouse and just got completely naked. Um, <laughs> like he said, he just wanted to start from scratch, okay. although so he went back to the womb. He just got completely naked, changed <laughs> everything that he had, uh, went back out there and brought brought the Reds back um, to to win the game. Another come from behind win. That's where my little stat was leading. Okay. Uh, that they'd won six of the last seven, uh, all come from behind. But I like Sonny Gray when he's on the mound. Anyway, he's got a bit of a old timey look about him. He tends to have his shirt open down to like his belly button. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think maybe um, that's advice I could have used a couple of weeks ago, Moon. I when I was in the middle of that slump. Um, just maybe just get all your kit off and uh, give give your head a shake and and choose some other clothes and we get back to it. So that's a, that's something we could maybe turn to moon off if we, if we hit another skid. Um, yeah. You do that. In front of, you do that in front of your wife. I, I don't want to see that on her. You don't want to see that. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you need a bit of soft focus, maybe a little filter. No. Okay. It's your choice, Moonaf. It's your decisions. You're a, you're a grown man. Um, the other thing that caught my eyes, I normally look for a little streak. Um, and and the Cleveland Indians have lost nine on the spin. Now, I've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, I think I say every week, that I don't trust the Indians. There's something yeah. going on. I wasn't sure how they were, how they were doing what they're doing. Uh, and then I suppose, like a, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again they've eventually they've they've caught up to me uh, and they're now back down to 42 and 42 um, I'm going to completely fly in the face of this and take them uh, for one of our picks later on um, but yeah the, the Indians just seem to have uh, have hit the skids a little bit yeah uh, you know you you talked about I think the pitching is certainly there for them, right? I mean, um, Aaron Savali is one of the guys that's been a stellar for them all season. It's just the offense is just not there for them, right? I mean, how much can Jose Ramirez by himself do? And they've lost some significant pieces over the years, so I think they're probably going to go into a full rebuild mode. It'll be interesting to see outside of Shane Bieber, some of these other pitchers are on the trading block for them to kind of maybe get some more prospects or something like that uh, into their uh, farm system. So um, it just seems like the White Sox just have that division pretty much locked up at this point, unless there's knock on wood, more injuries that come down for the White Sox because I think they've been the most injury riddled team all season long. But as far as what we have talked about and what we see, this White Sox team has pretty much locked up that uh, AL Central division. Yeah, uh, Zach Plezak returns for Cleveland tonight. Actually, he's back yeah. on the mound after um, he hurt himself getting naked, didn't he? That was the 
he took his shirt off too aggressively. Yeah. Um, so maybe I won't. Maybe it might be dangerous, Munaf. That tied in very nicely. You know, people think this show's just thrown together, Munaf. Uh, we've got news for them. It all segues together beautifully. <laughs> WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favourite teams, players and sports games. Generous promos, odds and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. So, Munaf, you uh, you updated the show notes with something for us to get our teeth into tonight. And I really like the look of it. And I quite enjoyed going through uh, the picks that I'd made and then looking down the line um, at what was going to go on the rest of the season. So, uh, what we're going to be looking at tonight, Munaf, if you can talk us through it. Yeah, so as, as, as we're approaching pretty much the midway point of the season, um, I think this is probably a, a good time, especially, you know, for tonight's show, um, Sunday, and then I know, or sorry, Monday, and then another show that we're doing next week is to kind of, you know, kind of reset at the halfway point and see where we're at with uh, our preseason picks and then who we think are the Cy Young Award winners so far for each league and also with MVP. And I know we've talked about the MVP markets if we've, you know, if there's a dark horse out there, but it almost kind of seems like some of these uh, awards are pretty much locked up. So I think the first thing that what we can do as we get into our discussion tonight is kind of go through the uh, uh, Cy Youngs that we picked beget- before the season started, and then also uh, go through the MVPs uh, that we picked before the season started. And then we'll kind of get up to date on uh, who are uh, who we would give the award to if the season ended today, or who is the uh, I guess who's the Cy Young and MVPs midway through the season here, and then a couple of dark horses if we think there are uh, some out there for the rest of the season. So uh, I guess I'll kick it off by I'll give you the picks that I had before with the season started. And my Cy Young picks, I uh, uh, oh. The obvious one was the National League, Jacob deGrom. I mean, I, I locked up a ticket for him on 4-1. to one. Uh, His current odds at some of the books that I've seen that that still have the Cy Young Awards posted right now is uh, he's at minus 1,000. So you can pretty much say that he's locked up that award in the National League, barring health. But um, like we talked about, he's going to have some extended time off here with the All-Star break. And uh, so, you know, he's just been chugging along. And then in the American League, I had Garrett Cole. Uh, this is one of the things I want to kind of discuss with you or, or talk about here real quick is that I, I picked Eric, Garrett Cole at plus 350. He is now the, uh, I guess you can say the favorite in the American League to win the Cy Young at minus 105, which I think is completely wrong. I don't think he should be favored right now to, to win the Cy Young Award in the American League. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, if we're if we're going on recency, then absolutely not. Um, so we all know that he hasn't had a great sort of June from from June onwards. Yeah. Um, now that can happen to people. It can happen to players. It can happen to hitters and pitchers. Really, it all depends on what you attribute it to, because it has coincided with the crackdown on the sticky stuff. Um, so it has Garrett, has Garrett Cole just had a, a five or six game little mini slump uh, and after the All-Star break, he'll come back refreshed and absolutely smash through the second half of the season or um, is this sticky substance um, crackdown going 
going to plague him for the rest of the season. So you've got to decide on which side of that fence that you're coming down on. But I agree, there's no way you could take any, mm. a picture at minus 105, having witnessed what they've done in the last six starts. Yeah, and with Garrett Cole, I mean, that whole that whole Yankees rotation, the batting lineup is struggling, right? And then like you just mentioned, how with the sticky substance, his from June 3rd to July 5th, how he's been really struggling. Now, and I'll quickly read off the numbers here from April 1st to June 2nd. So this is before the crackdown of, um, I guess, before the crackdown happened for the foreign uh, substance that we talked about, right? And for some reason, they decided to do it midway through the season. So they went 70. So Garrett Cole from April 1st, uh, to June 2nd, 70 and two-thirds innings pitched, 11 starts, a 1.78 ERA, a 0.83 whip. Uh, his uh, strikeouts per nine innings, 12.35. His walks per nine innings, 1.15. And home runs per nine inning, less than 1.64. Fast forward to now when the crackdown happened with the foreign substance from June 3rd to July 5th, 34 and one-thirds inning pitched, six starts, a 5.24 ERA, a 1.22 whip, his strikeouts per nine innings down 9.96, his walks per nine innings up 2.88, and home runs per nine innings 2.62. So that's almost, what, four times more the home runs that he's given up. So if this is going to continue – for Garrett Cole, I think that uh, that door is open. That door is open for uh, someone outside of Garrett Cole to win that Cy Young. And I want to. I think this was a great another discussion point, a discussion within the discussion that we're having tonight. Um, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely uh, nailed on. Like I say, I, I can't imagine there's anybody. Um, maybe Yankees fans um, would be taking. That's um, that minus one hundred five. Because how could you? I mean, there's um, there's just no nothing for it whatsoever. And obviously, what that does, we, we've we've talked about how w- one team being short or one player being a short price can make the market uh, for all the other all the other um, players that you fancy. Um, so yeah, there's just yeah. absolutely no way. So. Um, the, your two Cy Young picks. My two Cy Young picks preseason. Um, now you didn't have to be all up all night to um, to land on Jacob Degrom. However, I, I've got him down at three to one. You picked him up at four to one. Yeah. But in hindsight, that is now a wonderful price. I mean, that sometimes you can. We've said there's good chalk and bad chalk. Um, and that three to one about Jacob Degrom, which you've said now is what minus ten thousand or something like that. Um, uh, looks him health permitting, that looks like it's already already over the line. Um, me AL pick was uh Nathan Ivaldi at 40 to 1. Um, now Ivaldi, um, he's still round about the same price, so it hasn't been a, a terrible pick. Um, I think in our little war table that we frequently reference, um, he's kind of where's he sitting? He's sitting second, actually, uh, behind a guy I know that you like, Carlos Rodon. Um, uh, 3.4 war to 3.6. And then it's a huge big jump down to Garrett Cole sitting in third at 2.8. Um, and then you've got Glasnow, who's injured. And then the other 
two players who are single figure odds, which are Lance Lynn and Shane Bieber. Um, so I would, I mean, I, I took Ivaldi, I'd stick with Ivaldi. What, what you're hoping for is obviously with all of these picks, if you, we've picked out quite a few fancy prices between us, thank Munaf. Yeah. And what you're looking for is a, is a stellar second half of the season. Uh, but yeah, but we've got our, we've got our three to one and four to one, uh, Jacob de Grum already, already picked up. Um, do you want, we'll stick with Cy Young. Do you want to give us your, uh, your Cy Young alternatives yeah. to, to Garrett Cole and your dark horses? And then we move on to the MVPs. Yeah, so I think now uh, we can kind of discuss who we would give the award to, right? And then, uh, so for 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 at this point in the season, um, National League, not much to talk about. Jacob Degrom has that locked up, and like we said, minus one thousand odds. So I think my four to one ticket is looking pretty good on that. And then, so for the American League, I thought you know he's sitting at three to one right now. The gentleman you just mentioned for the White Sox, Carlos Rodon, right? And the the pitching rotation that the um sorry the uh, uh the White Sox have with Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, Lucas Giolito, I think going back to uh the beginning of the season, we at least for myself, I don't know about you, what I thought that the, Lucas Giolito would be a second favorite Cy Young right now, right? And we Colin didn't see Carlos Rodon coming, so. Um, he's just put up absolutely fantastic numbers so far this season. I mean, I think the numbers speak for themselves. Um, you know, a left-handed guy, a team that's first place in their division. Sometimes that's what kind of what we look at with a, with a guy that's, you know, a front runner for Cy Young, unless you're putting up numbers like Jacob Dragom does every single year. And quickly, I'll just try, uh, trying to get his numbers here real quick um, for Carlos Rodon. Yeah, so he's seven and three. A 2.31 ERA. He's pitched 89, about 90 innings, 60 hits, 23 earned runs. I mean, you know, he, I think he's number two in war. No, let me see. He's, what, he's number one in war. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's a, my guy who I would give it the award out. So he's still floating out there. You can find some three to one, but I, that would be my pick right now as an American League Cy Young uh, winner midway through the season. Yeah, he came from you say absolutely out of nowhere. I think partly because of the of the names that were at the top of that White Sox rotation when we came into the season. Um, so yeah, um, I looked at there was a, there was a couple of guys um, that I liked. Um, like I say, I would stick with the Ivaldi because he's a, he's a similar price, so he's having the kind of season we expected. Um, but I do think the potential there. Um, the the one. There's one player that I do have a bit of a fondness for. And like I say, we're going to throw out some huge prices here. Um, it's Robbie Ray, um, who forever in a day couldn't keep the ball in the zone. He just uh, he just walked absolutely everybody. Um, then all of a sudden, I mean, t- totally out of the blue as well. Um, he's just stopped walking people. He's walking uh, 2.3 batters per nine. Um which is round about on the low side. Well, it is on the low side of, of uh, what most people are doing. It's, ERA is at 3.36, uh, but he came into the uh, season quite late as well. He's only he's only started 10 games. Uh, he missed where other, other players have started, maybe 15 or so games, players, players who've got a full season in. Yavaldi uh, started 14. So he missed kind of a month of the season. Um, like I said earlier on, 
to get any of these players close, these big prices, is you need their team to go on an absolute tear. So you need the Toronto Blue Jays um, to sort of rifle through the second half of the season, which they could do. They've just got George Springer back. Uh, he helps a lot. So, yeah, Robbie Ray uh, at a big price. Yeah, Robbie, he's round about 100 to 1. Uh, so I'm going to stick with um, Nathan Ivaldi, but also put up um, Robbie Ray as well. Um, the National League, Munaf, uh, anyone who stood out who could possibly possibly challenge? Uh, I think the only guy that kind of makes sense for us might be Zach Wheeler, or at least for me, it would be Zach Wheeler at 18 to 1. Um, you know, a guy again, but the, you know, we talk about how they have to be doing well in the division for this guy to get the award. Sometimes that not, that's not really necessarily the case, but if you have just absolutely stellar, stellar numbers, yeah. Um, like we saw with Trevor Bauer, uh, last season where he knew on the side young with the reds, they didn't make the playoffs, but his numbers were just absolutely fantastic. So for me, uh, I think Zach Wither was that guy, um, you know, he's his, his, the wins aren't there for him six and five, uh, but he has a 2.26 ERA, uh, 13 quality starts. Um, you know, he's, I think he's pitched the most innings in the national league, uh, at 119. Uh, he's only given up 90 hits, seven home runs. He's only given up. So, uh, and he's up there in war also. And I know that's a, a, a stat that we love talking about is that, sorry, that one of these guys, uh, some of these guys that win the awards, they're always up there and wins above replacement. So I think that, and I think Kevin Gossman, probably the two guys that honestly, that makes sense for me. I, I think that a guy from the Dodgers rotation probably won't win the award because they have so many great starting pitchers that if you look at their rotation from top to bottom, um, they have four guys in that lineup that maybe if they're on any other team that might be in consideration for that award. Um, but for me, I think, you know, Jacob DeGrom has this locked up, but the only other guy that I would probably consider was the two guys that I just said was Zach Wheeler at 18 to one, then Kevin Gossman. Uh, I didn't, I, for some reason, I didn't write down his odds are on the sheet, but let me see. Well, I yeah, I've got Go- Gossman is the one that, that I've picked in there. Moving 15 to one. Now, yeah, I think um, obviously if, if we're with with our three to one and four to one tickets on Degrom, uh, we don't need to be picking anyone at this point. Um, yeah. What you're really looking for maybe is some insurance in case uh, in case Degrom goes down injured. Yeah. Uh, and for me, Gorsman at eighteen to one, um, having a bit of a second coming this year with the with the revitalised San Francisco Giants and Max Scherzer as well jumped out because he can. You just know Max Scherzer can put a run together. Um, the Nationals have been better lately. Uh, Max Scherzer. Is where is he? He's still in that. Let me see here. He's in sixth. Yeah, he's he's ranked sixth in starting pitching war. Yeah, with nine wins, um, ERA of three point three nine. But he can absolutely put it together. Uh, So if you wanted some insurance on those Degrom tickets, it would be the two for me: Uh, Gosman at eighteen to one, and Max Scherzer at thirty to one. Because you know, you know, he's you know he's got it in the locker. MVPs, Munaf, uh, who were your preseason picks and how were they looking? Yeah, so you can go ahead and laugh at me, uh, at least for my American League pick, okay? Uh, for American League, I had Glaber Torres. I believe he was at 25 to 1 when the when the season started, uh, when we did the preseason show and then put up our picks on tally site uh, for our futures. He's all the way up to 201, and <laughs> being on the Yankees, um, He's had a subpar season to say the least. And I think it's been even worse than that. So um, that was my preseason pick. Galera Torres, 25 to one now, all the way up to 20, uh, sorry, 200 to one. 
And then for the National League, I had Juan Soto. I believe is around close to seven to one to eight to one. I thought this guy would take the next step um, uh, for the Nationals, but I believe he did miss some time and and was on the IL there for a little bit. Yeah, his odds are all the way up to eighty to one. So those were my two guys I had for preseason. You want to get to yours? Yeah, well, um, National League was Freddie Freeman. Uh, twelve to one. You probably notice I mentioned him at least once a week because uh, he was killing my he was killing my big fantasy team early in the season, hitting round about two thirty odd. Um, he's pulled his finger out in the last six weeks or so. His batting average is up to around about two sixty, but uh, he's out to fifty to one. Um, so yeah, with good reason. Not a terrible pick, but equally not great. However, Moonaf, uh, my American League pick was uh, a certain um, Shohei Otani at thirty-five to one. Ching, ching. He was now trading at round about minus three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my my first flex of the night. Um, I just knew that he was capable. That what what you you you're pitching your wagon to a star by taking one of these players preseason, um, and. I was aware that Otani was absolutely capable of putting it together. Plus, we mentioned, in fact, when we talked about this, when he's uh, th- this match that he's um, having with Vlad, that he's a he's a popular pick in terms of um, the the fact that he comes from Japan, the fact he's a two way yeah. player, he gets a lot of public interest. Um, so Otani, I knew these were all things that. Um, were weighted in his favour when I put that 35 to 1 up. Um, so, yeah, 1 to 3, uh, I'd be absolutely delighted with that 35 to 1 uh, ticket in my pocket, Munaf. Did you, did you actually got down money on that, on that Otani one? On a small, to 1? yeah, I have a small investment. Nothing fancy. It's not going to change me, Munaf. Oh, it's man. not going to change my life. Uh, but, yeah, it might buy a few beers. There we go. Well, at least you got something down on that. And I'm kicking myself for not for not betting that either because it all made sense at the beginning of the year when we talked about it. And now for him to be the prohibitive favorite, at least in the American league around what he said, three to one, I see I'm seeing a, yeah, about a three to one for him. So, um, you know, he's been on an absolute tear with the, with his bat, you know, 32 home runs, 69 RBI. I, I believe he's up there and also uh, in war. Um, I, I we're hoping that, uh, that his batting average comes up a little bit, but 279 is not, something to be uh, upset about. I think if you can get up to maybe a 285, 290 by the end of the season, um, he's going to be able to lock up that MVP for sure. Maybe get into, you know, Jacob DeGrom, Cy Young price, if he continues to do what he's doing. So um, I did see a 50 to one at the beginning of the season. I clearly remember this and now I'm kicking myself for not taking yeah. that uh, 50 to one price on him. So uh, kudos to you for, for getting uh, down on that Otani uh, MVP bet. But um yeah, I think uh, for me, I think if I was giving out awards right now, midway through the season, as well as he's done so far this season, um, I guess just to have a conversation piece, I would probably go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and give it to him at, at plus about plus 200, plus 220, depending on your book. Um I mean, he, he's leading in, in batting average at 341 in the American League. He's not that far in home runs. He's a, he has 28 on the season, 73 RBIs. So he's leading in two out of the three category or the triple count triple crown categories. Um, and if I think if he's able to catch up uh, to Otani in home runs, I think we might have it start having a more interesting conversation uh, as we get down in the second half of the season and down the stretch. So. 
I think it might just turn into a two horse race there right now. Otani is leading that um, uh, MVP uh, MVP race, at least by betting odds. But just for me, for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, you know, just the numbers that he has, has across the board with the batting average, the home runs, the RBIs, the total bases. I mean, he he's, he's tops in a lot of categories or offensive categories in the American League. So I would give it to him at plus 210. And then for the National League, um, I went with – where did I go? For, yeah, I think it has to be Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, I mean, I think the numbers speak for himself. Uh, San Diego is a great team. I mean, this guy is just electric. We've, we've talked about it all season long where he can come up at any at bat and hit one out of the ballpark. Um, I really didn't see somebody else. I know we're going to give our dark horses in a second, but between I think DeGrom, I don't think that he'll win the MVP. He'll get Cy Young for sure. But we talked about a while back when we were talking about, um, Pitchers that win the uh, yeah that was your that MVP. was your Bob Gibson guess wasn't it nineteen sixty eight yeah. I mean and you said the last one was Clayton Kershaw right that's won the yeah. MVP so it, it's it's not it's not that popular for pitchers to win the MVP um, obviously Cy Young for sure he'll win but I think for me I would give it to Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres yeah I think Tatis is similar to Show here in that there's it, there's two parts to it a it's what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but B, also how he's doing it. Um, and it's just, it's fun to watch. And, uh, and v- not that Vlad isn't. Uh, Vlad seems to be a, a really nice young man as well. And he's quite flashy and he's got a strong look. Um, but Shohei Otani and Fernando Tatis almost have this sort of comic book quality about them. Um, they've both got they got, re- got really strong looks. Uh, Fernando Tatis just does, does some remarkably athletic stuff uh, and just has a beaming smile on his face when he's doing it. And like I say, Shohei, uh, Shohei is just an absolute phenomenon. So um, I agreed with you on on Tatis, that, uh, that, that plus 135. There was a couple of long shots um, that just sort of fit the same jigsaw as I mentioned when we were talking about the Cy Young. So um, Trey Turner uh, was a possibility because mainly um, he's got the... He's got the batting average Trey Turner uh, already mm. already in place that we've said uh, we've said previously is kind of important, um, and the other one was Peter Alonso. Uh, that he's very very capable um, of. I'm just trying to dig him out. Where is he in my little list here? Of, of getting on an absolute turn. Now, I think if the, if the Mets on in the second half of the season, they've just got a lot of their players back over the last uh, week or two. Yeah. Um, and I think they, they did have that stuttering start to the season. Now, if they can get away in that division uh, and Peter Lonzo can start hitting runs at the rate that we saw him uh, when he won the Rookie of the Year, when he when he hit all those home mm. runs. Peter Lonzo was 150 to 1. Um so if he can get on a he can get on a Kyle Schwab like home run streak, um, Peter Alonso could could get into the picture. But again, you're, you're talking if 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 the top boys go down with with injuries. So if you if you look for some insurance, just for just a fiver or a tenner on something, mm. um, Trey Turner and Peter Alonso uh, might be might be in there. Um, Moonaf, you picked a couple of dark horses too. Yeah, for my dark horses for MVPs, um, let's see here. Uh, for the National League, I went with uh, Jose Altuve. Uh, he's a guy that we we I think the while back we were talking about. He was at a hundred and hundred to one to win the MVP. 
And now he's down to 70 to one. And I, f- I feel like he's starting to find his groove here a little bit and be the hitter that we're used to seeing of, of the past. I know he had a down year last year for the Astros being the COVID year and them coming off of the, uh, the whole scandal with the cheating and, and the, the buzzer and all that stuff. But I think they're kind of getting past that now and getting back to the way the Astros play baseball. Um, but, you know, the numbers probably aren't going to stack up for him, but I think for a dark horse at 70 to one, a guy that can just get on a, a hot, hot streak. Um, I think that if he's able to somewhere end up with 30 or 35 home runs and lead the American league in hits, that's a guy that will probably get a couple of votes for MVP, but I think um, he's 71, 70 to one for a reason behind Otani and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then in the National League, a dark horse that I had picked out was uh, Max uh, Max Muncy of the uh, Dodgers. I think this is a guy like Pete Alonso uh, as a left-handed bat that can a guy that can maybe get you 40 to 45 home runs in a season. And if you kind of take a look at his war, he's also up there in the, sorry, the national league. Um, He's probably right there behind uh, Fernando Tatis jr. Uh, Right now he's batting 262 has 18 home runs, 47 RBIs. I mean, not the most glamorous numbers, but I think that his only fallback again will be that he's on a team that has so many good players on the team. Uh, for the Dodgers with Mookie Betts and, uh, you know, Corey Seager, who's been on the IL here a little bit, but he's still on this roster. Justin Turner, another guy. That's a great bat for them, That a guy that consistently bats over 300. So uh, I think that was another guy that probably has a dark horse that you may want to consider in the uh, uh, National League. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship tickets when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button, and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. This week, a PropSwap customer sold a $200 12-to-1 Phoenix Suns Championship ticket for $1,200, a five-times return for the seller, and adjusted odds of minus 160 for the buyer. Better than every sports book in the country. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Make sure to head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right, sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Draft day is happening, 13th of July at 1pm Pacific. Ryan, Real Money Kramer, will be drafting underdog best ball teams for 24 hours straight. You can hop on the stream and draft with Kramer and the guys, plus 15 free entries to Best Ball Mania 2 will be given out. If that wasn't enough, there's a $500 draft day props contest based off Kramer that you can only enter in the app. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Um, reading that um, little ad there, Moonaf, reminded me that um, we need to talk about the Phoenix Suns and how you didn't win me half a million dollars the other night. What's going on? I want a, I want a ticket, <laughs> boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want a DraftKings ticket for the Millionaire Maker. Um, I know nothing about basketball. I know less than nothing about basketball. Uh, so I requested Moonaf do the business for me. And 
I was saddened to learn when I woke up in the morning that I hadn't won a million dollars, Moon. Do you want to talk me through your uh, disappointing pick? I got my half a million. I know we had the same lineup. <laughs> I, you messaged me in the morning and said you didn't get in your account yet. I said they're probably still converting it over to euros, and uh, maybe that's the case. I We might have to uh, revisit that after Sunday. I don't know if they're still working through the uh, federal bank reserve system or, or what's going on there. So uh, you might want to double-check that again. No. Uh, <laughs> Checks um, in the post, yeah. Yeah, I, it, 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 it got tricky because the lineup that we or I put out and I also sent to you was – it was before the best player of the um, the Bucks was announced in. He was battling an injury, uh, and he didn't play for the last two games of the previous series. So uh, they weren't sure if, if he was going to play or not. So magically, or apparently, he was in for game one, and um, I didn't get I didn't get a uh, time to change in my lineup for a uh, game one. So uh, apologies to you for not getting you the half million. I'll try to do better next time. Okay, we'll try again, Muna. There's always, <laughs> there's always tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so this week in MLB, um, some good-looking series. Yeah. And uh, the one that stands out, um, New York Yankees and Houston Astros. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. You know, we, we've talked about how they've matched up in the American League uh, Championship Series, I think, two years back, um, you know, with the whole Chapman um being sent home by Jose Altuve with a two-run shot that sent him into the World Series. And um, the interesting pitching matchup that I wrote down was going to be on Saturday with Garrett Cole going up against favorite against his former team. Um, uh, going up against uh, Zach Grinke for the Astros is probably one of the best pitchers for the Astros um, this season so far. So I think that's going to be the, the main highlight uh, series this weekend. And then also wrote down the Two divisional matchups, or sorry, at least for the uh, uh, NL Central, the Cincinnati Reds that we've talked about and the Milwaukee Brewers. A couple of good pitching matchups there. That's going to be a fun one to watch. And then I think another one, the Atlanta Braves and the Miami Marlins is going to be another uh, fun one to see with Atlanta, you know, trying to crawl their way back into the division. So I think those are the kind of couple ones that stood out for me as far as, uh, as, far, as far as what's going on this weekend. Yeah, the Yankees at the minute just show no real signs of improvement. If anything, it's going the other way for them. Yeah. Um, the pitching's letting them down now as well as the bats. Um, the Reds and the Brewers, the Reds have been uh, feisty lately. Um, they're kind of the team. The Cubs went on an awful run. The, the Cubs have lost nine out of their last ten, I think it is. Um, but yeah, the Reds are kind of the only team now are clinging clinging to Milwaukee's uh, shirt tails. Uh, so the Brewers will be hoping to put them to bed. In the end, the, the Braves and the Marlins, I've watched bits of the Marlins this week, uh, and I still like them. They're still a fun team. And they've got great pitching. Yeah. Uh, they've got really good pitching. Um, they've run the Dodgers. I think they took two, maybe two of three from the Dodgers. Uh, or if the Dodgers beat them tonight, it may be, they may be split that series. Uh, but they certainly be competitive. Uh, and Atlanta still can't quite go in. They, they stutter and they look like they're going to get some momentum and then they stall again. Um, and the Mets are just um, just every half game by half game uh, creeping away from the Braves. I still think there's some life in the Braves. So the, yeah, that will be a good series. There will be some good pitching matchups. I know Charlie Morton's going, uh, I think, against uh, Trevor Richards on Tuesday night um so yeah that'll be a good that'll be a good game um okay moon off uh right i can't remember what order we went last week you made me lead off last week so yeah. i mean we're not settling for one and one which means we need to flip the script uh and you've got to give us your lock and dog first tonight all right so i'll kick it off this week i'll bad lead off um 
For my lock, I'm going to go with a total. I think these have been working uh, really well for me all season long as far as making these picks on our podcast. Uh, my uh, lock is going to go off on Sunday. It's a series that I just mentioned between the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. And I'm going to take the under between Luis Castillo and Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers on Sunday. This should probably come in around a, I'm guessing it'll probably be seven and a half uh, in that neighborhood, maybe eight, but I think seven and a half is the best uh, guess for me. And uh, I still like the under. Uh, we've talked about Luis Castillo over the past couple of weeks here on our podcast, and uh, it seems that he's finally found his form of what he was uh, doing last season for the Reds. He's got off to a real rough start at the beginning of the season, but over his last uh, seven start, Castillo has pitched 45 innings. And he's allowed only 10 earned runs in that span. This season, the numbers against uh, Castillo aren't great, like I said. But in 2020, um, against the Brewers, he went 12 and two-thirds inning pitched, and he only allowed two earned runs in those two starts, along with 18 strikeouts in that span. So the way that I think Castillo has been pitching, the velocity is back for him. Uh, the command is back for them. He, he's putting the ball in. He's painting the corners. As I was watching in his last start, um, and I'll back him again this week uh, with the under. Uh, and Brandon Woodruff, the uh, ace of the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, he's going to be on the mound for the Brewers, like I said. He's having a really, really good season. I think uh, another guy that we probably should have mentioned for um, National League, Cy Young, but uh, he's has a 2.1 ERA overall, a 2.22 ERA at home, a 1.48 ERA during the day. So this game's going off. Sunday afternoon. So I kind of like, you know, you know, you know me, I look like looking at those home and road and night and day splits 2020 Brandon Woodruff faced the Reds three times and pitched 15 and two thirds innings. He only gave up six earned runs and had 22 strikeouts to five walks. And then in 2019, two starts against the Reds, 13 innings pitch, and he only allowed four earned runs. So over his last two seasons, he's combined for what about 28 innings pitched against this team and only given up 10 earned runs. So I'm going to take the under, in this Sunday afternoon matchup between the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers, Luis Castillo and Brandon Woodruff on the mound for these two teams. And then for my dog, I'm going back to the well again with Ross Stripling. Um, Friday, Blue Jays money line. This might not come out as an underdog again, as we saw last week. <laughs> oh, moon off. But I'll try to, I'm, I'm trying to find some winners here. So let, let's go with that. Uh, Friday, Blue Jays money line versus the Rays. Um, Ross Stripling, like I said, on the mound for the uh, Blue Jays. Stripling, over his last four starts, he's only allowed uh, no more than three runs in those four starts. In his last three starts, he's only given up a total of five runs and 16 innings pitched. His last, his last start was against the Rays. Uh, he pitched five and two-thirds of an inning, allowed only two hits, and gave up one earned run to the Rays. Uh, this season against the Rays, 12 and two-thirds innings pitched, allowed a total of four hits and one earned run. So for some reason, Stripling is doing really well against the Rays this season. And the Rays are batting a whole 100 against Stripling this season. Um, and one of your guys that we were trying to back earlier in the season is on the mound, Shane McClanahan uh, for the Rays. He is 3-0 and at home this season, but his ERA is at a 4.63 at home. Two starts this season against the Blue Jays. He's gone 10 and a third innings pitched, given up seven hits and four earned runs. So pretty respectable numbers uh, for McC uh, McClanahan against the Blue Jays. But I'm just uh, backing Stripling here because of the form he has against the Blue Jays, especially recently. And him going up against the Rays last week, 
and pitching really well, I'm going to back that again. So disclaimer, this might not come out as plus odds, but I'm hoping it's closer to even or maybe hopefully plus odds. But I, I really like that uh, Blue Jays money line Friday. So just to wrap it up again, my two picks Sunday, it's going to be the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers under seven and a half. Hopefully Luis Castillo and Brendan Woodruff on the mound. And then Friday, tomorrow night, Blue Jays money line versus the Rays. Rays. Ross Stripling on the mound against Shane McClanahan. Yeah, um, as ever, Moon off bulletproof analysis. Uh, Shane McClanahan was someone that I was, uh, I did have my eye on quite a lot early in the season, yeah. and I think I picked him a couple of times in here. And he's done okay mm-hmm. uh, without blowing my skirt up particularly, uh, which was what I was expecting. So uh, I think there might there still might be uh, enough in there for a strong second half of the season for him and, and the Rays. Um, so my lock goes on Sunday night, having earlier claimed that the Indians were fraudulent and I've been waiting for them to implode all season. Uh, I'm going to take them on Sunday night um, with Cal Quantrill on the mound. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's a, I do like Cal, uh, Cal Quantrill, um, but it's also it's a fade of um, a second podcast appearance tonight for Chris Bubich. Um we, uh, we took him without really knowing he was going to be on the mound on Tuesday night uh, for the Royals, but he continues to get uh, hit hard uh, wherever he is. Quantrill, um, sort of a borderline start. He's continuing to get stretched out uh, since he's been in uh, short relief, then wrong relief. Um, he did have a dodgy June, uh, no question about it. Uh, his last start was better, however, Um against the Astros. He gave up five earned runs, but only on six hits. It could easily have been sort of two two, two earned runs. And he's one of these for me that pass, passes the eye test. Uh, and so, some of the underlying metrics tell me that there's better to come uh, from Quantrill. Uh, Chris Brubich will give him a big chance as well. Um, his junior RA was over nine. He's given up five earned runs in both his July starts so far. Uh, and another stat that helps nudge me in this direction is that in division, uh, divisional matchups this year, Cleveland are 27 and 16, where Kansas are 17 and 24. Uh, so both of those things uh, nudge me towards Cal Quantrill and the Indians over Chris Bubich and the Royals on Sunday. Uh, my dog... Um, for the second week run, I'm going to fade the Dodgers. I'm taking Merrill Kelly uh, and the Arizona Diamondbacks on Sunday night against the Dodgers and Tony Gonsolin. Uh, Merrill Kelly is without doubt the the stud pitcher on on Arizona. Now that's not saying much, um, but he but he's a very he's a very solid guy. He's got, had a June. ERA of exactly four with a two and one record, uh, and so far in July he's one and zero. With a 3.65 ERA, so he's the one player at the moment who's given, given the Diamondbacks a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Gonsolin again, kind of he's getting himself stretched out slowly as well. Um, he didn't get out of the fourth inning any time in June. Um, he did manage five in his last time out, uh, but I just noticed his whip was high as well. Um, his whip's sitting at 1.54, so I'm just hoping that Kelly can hold them um, and that the Diamondbacks can get those base runners moving. So Gonsolin is going to give up. Um, some base runners are going to get ducks on the pond. And I do expect the Diamondbacks to get better. Um, I think the, there's this point is the, their expected win-loss, uh, the BABIP, things like that. So Merrill Kelly can keep the Diamondbacks in the game. Uh, Gonsolin will open the door and hopefully the Diamondbacks will be in a position to go through it. Um, so Cal Quantrill versus Chris Bubich, Indians versus the Royals on Sunday for my luck. And also Sunday is Merrill Kelly and the Diamondbacks over 
Tony Gonsolin and the Dodgers. Um, any strong thoughts on those, Munaf? I love it, man. I really like your the way you find your dog picks because for some reason, uh, my dog picks aren't are well, your dog are picks are all favorites, Munaf. <laughs> that's a that's a small that's a small issue, but you know, carry on. <laughs> No, but I, I think you, you know, uh, we were uh, in lockstep last week when I mentioned that I also did, I was looking at fading uh, Walker Bueller on the road last week, but I couldn't really find anything that stuck out, but uh, you hit the nail on the head. So, um, you know, sometimes when we're trying to find these locks, they might be juicy, but um, you know, you're, you've been doing an absolutely fantastic job of finding these plus money dogs. And, uh, I remember, I think what it was a, a beginning of the season, or maybe our first couple episodes where you had the plus 200, uh, uh, dog for us. So, uh, we're looking at a good week this week. Uh, hopefully I know, uh, Nick is still on vacation and I know Will's been busy with work. So didn't have picks from those guys this week, but we'll be back on the train, uh, with them, uh, hopefully, um, starting next week after the all-star break. So uh, no picks from them this week, but other than that, um, what else do we have anything else to talk about? No, I think we're all uh, ready just to start building up for the football final on Sunday night. Moon off all, all eyes on Wembley stadium from here on in. Yeah. So I, I you know, we're going to take a break on, uh, we're not going to record on Sunday for uh, overnight release. So uh, if Malcolm, it's probably going to be uh, either drunk on the side of the street uh, <laughs> because England won, or he's going to be maybe in jail. He beat up somebody that England <laughs> lost. So uh, might have to send out a check from SGP and to bail him out if that's the case. <laughs> but just some uh, housekeeping notes. Uh, like I said, we won't be recording on Sunday, so we will be recording on Monday. I know it's going to be the All-Star break, so I know we had a couple guys reach out to me um, about uh, if we're doing anything for the all-star break and bets. So we will be covering the home run derby. Like I said, at the beginning of the, of this episode, we'll, we'll have a full breakdown of who we think is going to win. And, and um, I'm sure there's going to be odds out there for who's going to win the derby. And then we'll also get into the all-star game here a little bit um, and, and give out bets for um, the game. And then uh, the MVP for the all-star game also. And then we'll also cover some betting trends, uh, from the mid-season update, and we'll talk about the most profitable teams and profitable pitchers. And then I believe we're going to do it on Tuesday um, with Nick and Will. We're going to get the the guys back on. We'll have a full first half uh, season reaction of what we've seen so far this season. You know, biggest surprise team, the most disappointing team, and then we'll do a second half preview of the. Uh, MLB season and teams to look out for and any big things that we want to, you know, one big thing to look out for. So pretty good uh, two episodes that we have lined up for this coming week and then start of next week. So um, I'm excited, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I know you've got loads of ideas for for this break next week. So I was yeah. uh, I was I was smiling when I was reading them earlier on. Uh, looking forward to getting stuck into that. Uh, loads of stuff going on uh, over at um, SGPN as always. Uh, subscribe to the Apple Podcast. Uh, leave rate and review. It's really important to help us keep going. Uh, loads of content. I know uh, Moonaf's been churning out the basketball stuff, which uh, we're into the NBA Finals there. Yeah. Uh, just today, I put up a. a a little horse racing piece. There's a couple of good races on Saturday night at Belmont. Uh, the Belmont Derby and the Belmont Oaks, uh, both grade one uh, races on Saturday with the international field. So I've given you the winners of both of those. So you don't have to worry about it. Just go and read the article uh, and the two winners are listed in there. Um, and the football season is ramping up at a rapid pace. Yeah. Um 
There's content coming out all the time. So whether you're a fantasy player or a better, um, or you just want entertained by Sean and Ryan and the boys, um, SGPN is absolutely the place to be. Yeah, like you just mentioned, so there's so much content coming out this month. You know, you hit the nail on everything with football coming up. Uh, we have MMA, UFC 264. I know Jeff and, and his co-hosts are are putting out articles and pumping out the podcast. Uh, NBA Finals, you know, we have a game tonight kicking off in a couple of hours. So a lot of stuff going on at SGPN. And if you're not part of the Slack channel, come and join it. It's sg.pn slash Slack. Uh, we have channels from all the sports to food channels that's in there. The guys posting up foods and the the, the stuff that they're cooking. And there's also a uh, a bar um, <laughs> channel in there. For some reason, Sean added me because he I sent him a uh, him and uh, him and Ryan a, a, a nice Irish whiskey bottle. So he just added me just for fun. So um, it's a hoot with those guys. So definitely check out the Slack channel and like Malcolm mentioned. Please, 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 if you haven't left us a review yet or subscribed or left us a rating, please do that. It really, like Malcolm said, it's going to help us with the, with growing the show and, and, and climbing the iTunes charts as far as being the, one of the best MLB gambling podcasts. So please make sure if you haven't uh, done that for us, just leave us a comment and a review. So I think we're at the end of it. Malcolm, anything else? No, absolutely not. Um, I do think they need to set up a separate Slack channel where they can just beat the English people uh, without me, <laughs> without hurting my feelings, without me being party to all of that. Uh, well, it's a could... good job I'm thick-skinned. Um, but yeah, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, get in touch with us via the usual channels. A uh, couple of recordings less, uh, next week, so lots to look forward to. Uh, thanks again, and we'll see you down the road. <laughs>